0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. A little bit earlier on the show, I mentioned uh, these figures released to Pater Tobin, the leader of Ain2 the TD, um, and they detail where deaths occurred during the COVID 19 pandemic. Over a quarter of COVID deaths were in our nursing homes. Uh, Pater Tobin is with me now. Pater, what more can you tell us? What, what, what do these tell us about where people died and what does that tell you about how the pandemic was handled?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> 27% of the deaths that happened, shockingly, uh, happened in nursing homes uh, during the COVID crisis. Uh, and if you add in those people who caught COVID in a hospital, the figure is actually reaches 40% of all deaths uh, happened in those two locations. Uh, and of course, we're, we are talking about people who are uh, the most vulnerable. But it turns out that in many ways they were left the most exposed um, by, by the management of the government during that time. So remember all of the debates that we had and the discussions about you know, people attending funerals or school or work or you know, being able to, to, to leave two kilometers from their homes. But in reality, the biggest location of danger throughout this whole period was actually in a, a nursing home or a hospital. And there are two locations which are either run or regulated by the state. And um, so it's, it's, it's really very sad to see what's happened here. Uh, and I think it's, it's beyond time now at this stage that the government uh, undertakes a proper investigation in how they handle this aspect of the COVID crisis. And, you know, there's, there's a number of really outstanding mistakes that the government's made. We received uh, information in an FOI uh, that showed that the the National Treatment Purchase Fund uh, organized a wide-scale discharging of patients from hospitals into nursing homes in the first six months of COVID. Mm. And they did that in a manner where not everybody was tested for COVID. So what they were doing to a certain extent is they were seeding nursing homes with COVID during that period of time. The second, you know, really, really outstanding uh, mistake that the government made was the issue of staffing. And, you know, uh, right through the whole COVID crisis, we had nursing homes which were just completely incapable of providing the staff necessary. So we had cases where, in in Galway, I remember a case where there was two staff left who hadn't contracted COVID. Uh, They were on duty for 48 hours And during that period of time, five people died of COVID there. Uh, We had nursing homes going on Facebook looking for staff. We had, you know, the Tide Daily of Nursing Home Ireland trying to contact uh, Simon Harris, the minister, uh, and not being answered uh, for for weeks. We had ministers, you know, contacting uh, Paul Reid about the the staffing crisis and not being contacted for weeks. Mm. And at the same time, we had this big... What I, what I believe is like n- nearly a social media campaign called, you know, Be On Call for Ireland, where, you know, Simon Harris fronted this campaign to get people to sign up um, to staff nursing homes and hospitals in this time of crisis. 70,000 people signed up from all around the world. People actually came home to Ireland to, to be of, of service in this time of crisis. And, shockingly, only about 600 people out of that 70,000 were ever employed by the state uh, to, to help. Yeah. So we were having headlines on the newspapers saying that there was a, a crisis in staffing, and yet we knew that the government weren't recruiting from this pool of people who wanted to help.
0: When, when, when people hear that, that there was a, a, a national policy to move people wholesale from hospitals into nursing homes in the early days of the pandemic, and that national policy was not to COVID test those patients. And I mentioned an example, anecdotally that I knew, a direct example of this a little bit earlier in the show. It it suggests to some that there might have been an attitude and it probably never expressed, certainly I doubt ever written down, but an attitude that, you know what, COVID is going to kill some people and people in nursing homes, those residents, they're expendable.
1: Yeah, there there, there was definitely a very, very subtle, I I believe, um, line uh, coming out from the uh, authorities at that time. Um, At least that's the way I interpreted it, uh, that here we have a group of people who are very close to the end of their life uh, and as a result, uh, we don't go as far to save them or protect them uh, as we do others. There was, there was numerous reported cases as well of people contracting COVID uh, and not being brought to hospital uh, because they were of a certain age uh, as well, that the same efforts weren't being made to help them. And in, in many ways, that's an ageist policy, um, if that is the case uh, in, in terms of that. Um, It it is—it's just so frustrating as well that you had many people who were dying uh, at that time and they didn't have access to family or friends in in their time of need. We had so many people coming to our constituency offices, uh, literally pleading with us to see—is there any way that a family member could get into a room to hold the hand of a person that was passing? Um, And you know there was. I believe there was, a, there was a real lack of common sense uh, in relation to the crisis that were happening then. And that has led to psychological problems uh, down the road for families are still broken up uh, in terms of the, the last uh, few weeks of their, their father's or, or grannies or, yeah. or, or spouse's lives. Uh, and I think all of that needs to be investigated. And, and that's the frustration for us, is that the government so far are basically... They're putting the brakes on a proper investigation into this. Yes, they've now agreed to have an investigation, but we have no date, we have no terms of reference. Um, The government have said that um, there's going to be no accountability in, in terms of it. Um, There has been some sources that have leaked to the media that said maybe an expert group will take this and they'll run with it and they'll carry out a report and a report will be given back. But that's not good enough for such a high level of death uh, in this country. Well, well,
0: well, uh, Craig Hughes, the political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail, is going to give us all the detail on on what the government might be expected to do and what terms of reference might be and what questions they want to seek answers uh, to. But before I, I go to Craig, let me introduce Majella Beatty, who's the chairwoman of Care Champions. Majella, what... Do you want to see the government investigate?
2: Um, we believe that this has to be human. That this inquiry has to be led by a human rights expert. What we are very clear on is that we don't want a public health or a medical model led structure because that's what we've had in Netflix, That's what we had in the expert panel on nursing homes, and that consisted of two doctors and a nurse. And neither of those structures were able to engage with us, or respond to what was important to families and residents. We are not interested in witch hunt. I know that is often referred to when the teacher to, um, is asked this question at all. But we are totally opposed to anything other than full public hearings. It's completely paternalistic to, to suggest that we can't have an inquiry with public hearings. We see this attitude time and time again presently with St. Mary's report, with the Brandon report, where government and state bodies are, are not publishing safeguarding reports in full. And we really feel, you know, we're living with what happened during COVID, where no lessons were learned after wave, after wave, after wave, and our deaths in the third and fourth wave were just as bad as those in the first wave. We feel it's now time to grow up, to listen, reflect and learn so that we can all collectively do better and ensure that all voices are heard.
0: I mentioned Craig Hughes, who is with us, the political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail. So, Craig, what shape is an inquiry, investigation, whatever it might be called, what shape is it going to take? Uh,
3: well, I guess, first of all, the teacher can tell us have been quite keen to say it won't be an inquiry. It'll be a review. Um, a review. Yeah. And the sense that, that they're putting out is that, you know, it's okay. What lessons can we learn as opposed to pointing fingers at different civil servants or whoever who, 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 mightn't have made the best decision at the time and look at how we can prepare for a future pandemic. And I guess that would mean different structural changes, things like that. How, how we, how we, um, I'm sure would we'll look at decisions around nursing homes, how they're structured, all, all that type of thing, as opposed
0: to a holding someone accountable exercise. And so uh, w- how long will it, take this review who will be interviewed as part of the process will those interviews will it take the form of an Oireachtas committee in terms of public hearings will it be done privately what do we know Yeah, the only thing that we know for sure at the moment and
3: these, these comments from the teacher last week is that it'll be the full details of this will be announced and begin uh, within the year because uh, he has been pressed for a date and he hasn't been able to give that just yet but we have been told um, within the year that they should be able to expect
0: it So what are the controversial issues I, I appreciate they don't want to end up kind of finger-pointing or, or, or with heads on plates. Yeah. Um, but there will be kind of controversial issues that they're going to have to, to, to dig into. What are they? Remind yes. us.
3: Well, well, I mean, I think it was, it was quite interesting to see the comments of Professor Martin Cormack and played out in The Other Times this week. Of course, he was a member of MEF, of, of Nepit and I think the interesting thing was, you know, we were so used to during the pandemic hearing the, I guess, at times, conflicting voices of, of the government and, and Nevit. but that was really, uh, I guess, being expressed through Tony Holland. and we never really got to the nitty-gritty of the dissenting voices uh, within Nevid. And I mean, you could go you go through all the different um, ones. I mean, obviously, nursing homes, the vaccine rollout for a time before before it came, became rectified, uh, vaccine passes. Uh, I mean, there, there was a whole host of decisions that you would l- l- look over now with coal light today and say, did we actually make the right decision decisions there. I mean, what, what did we spend too much money on PPE, for example? And that's one of the issues that Martin Cormack can raise there. Um, and I, I think there, you know, I think there ha- there will be allowances for decisions that were made at the time in some regards, because you have to remember, we're, we're, at, we're at a point where the health service was almost overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, he had people r- running on empty as well. And um, so there will be certain allowances and I think that is why um, this will be uh, it, it, take a, re- a review nature and I, I know the tarnished actually said at one point that you know you don't want a civil servant having to be looking over their shoulder when they're making their decisions all the time that should uh, the, the spectre of an inquiry looming over them they, they don't want that to be impacting their decision making
0: no and at the same time like you're you're right uh, there will be a certain level of forgiveness for even the wrong decisions being made early on in the pandemic so little was known about covid at the same time i i'm not sure it's forgivable to almost knowingly seed nursing homes with covid from hospitals just to clear the decks at hospitals and then there's also the question about persisting with policies once it became obvious that they were not as effective as we might have thought yeah. early early on i mean we our school closures here were longer than anywhere else in Europe.
3: I think well I think the policy of lockdown in in general uh, is one that will definitely be looked at in, in fine detail. Of course we perhaps we can understand why the government went with that after Mihal Martin got got burned with his meaningful Christmas that you know led to covid cases spiking up again. That made them naturally more more prudent. And um, but again we see from Martin, from Martin Cormack Wrighton that you know uh, there wasn't a common voice in never who, who were Uh,
0: in favour of of lockdowns that lasted that long Yeah well listen anyway we'll we'll wait and see as you say uh, the details still to be hammered out how this review exactly uh, will work and and when exactly it will be carried out and when we might uh, see it in its finality Uh, Craig Hughes is political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail Padre Tobin is the leader of Aintu and Magella Beatty is the chairwoman of Care Champions The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Coddighy with Nissan Weekdays from 4 on Newstalk.